The agenda, the big idea of this whole series that we're now almost halfway through, is that Jesus' prayer life and his living life were totally interconnected. It wasn't that Jesus lived and then went off and prayed, but that his prayer life flowed into the way that he lived, and all that he did flowed back into the way and the manner in which he prayed. So when the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray... They were asking something richer and deeper than simply teach us what we should say when we get into our private time of prayer. What they were saying to Jesus is teach us this rhythm, this way of life, this agenda that you seem to have from day to day of connecting with your father and living, speaking, sharing every moment out of that connectedness that you have. And so when they say teach us to pray, Jesus says, well, the first thing, the first agenda item for this rhythm is that you know God every moment as your father. You know God every moment as your father. And then out of this rhythm, if you want to share this rhythm, then the the touch beat, the drum beat of your life is, Lord, your kingdom come today. Your will be done today in my life, right here and now, just as it is in heaven. And then now he says, this is how you should pray. This is how you should live. Give us each day our daily bread. So again, not just a prayer to be prayed, but a way of life, an acceptance that we live totally dependent on God as our provider. So the fundamental question this morning is this, what is it to live each day dependent on God for our needs? What is it to depend on God each day for our needs? I think because it's bread, And bread is like the basic elements of our food and of our diet, at least for most of us. Our natural thoughts go towards God providing for our basic, ordinary needs. And that's absolutely the case. The agenda for us is that we live each day knowing that God takes care that we depend on him for our ordinary needs. Now, if you're in a different culture or in a different situation, so Simon's just back from Nepal. If you follow him on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you'll see the videos that they produced and sent back over this last week where people in the, in the aftermath of those earthquakes are literally struggling each day for a sense of existence. Now, you can understand people in that context having quite a keen awareness of the need to depend on God every day because they're not sure where their next meal might come from. They're not sure if their home might be rebuilt. They're not sure or certain about anything other than the here and now. Certainly can't begin to anticipate about tomorrow. We might even understand people in other and different circumstances. When the RBS bank was reportedly struggling at the beginning of the week and people were running out of money, they were interviewing people that were dependent on benefits and dependent on accessing that money that particular day in order to see their basic needs Met. And we can understand in that crisis scenario, people uh, depending on God, Lord, give me today just what I need to get through today. But us, ordinarily, 
Is that the attitude, the rhythm with which we live, that we are dependent on him for our ordinary needs? Because that's the real truth in the end, that all of us depend on God for our ordinary needs just as much as anyone anywhere else at any other time in the world And Jesus was quite clear, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, what you will wear, look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Of course. So God is interested in our ordinary needs, God is able to meet and provide for our ordinary needs, but what's less clear and what's more challenging is that the rhythm of life that God has called us into is to depend on him for those things day by day rather than whatever else we might choose to depend on. In our ordinary lives, it's easy to depend on ourselves. What I have is mine because I earned it. And the reason that I earned it is I was able to get that job. And the reason I got that job was because I worked hard for it. And I passed those exams that enabled me to be entitled to get that job. So when I say this is mine, it really is mine because I've worked for it through all these stages and all these hoops. It belongs to me. We do not say it out loud, but we amass materialism around us in order to make a statement That we wouldn't verbalize, but you don't need to. My house, it's bigger than yours, you see. This is the thought process. Because, I have no idea whether it is or not. The thought process. Um, It's bigger than yours, because I've, I've... acquired this because I've, I've managed to do whatever I've managed to do. And so the emphasis is that what I have is mine because I've made that possible. I've earned it. Or we might say, I have to do overtime this month because I need a bit more money because I need to whatever it is. And the emphasis in our conversations, in our dialogue, in our attitudes is that we are dependent upon ourselves to meet our needs. And Jesus is introducing them to a very different way of life. Call God Father And know that you depend on him for your daily needs. A few days ago, I had a father and son in my office. uh, A father and his nine-year-old son. And they were recounting to me a conversation they had. He asked, uh, the father asked his son, do you worry or think about what's going to happen next month? No. Do you worry about what we might be doing next week? No. Asked again, the boy, do you, do you think about what might happen tomorrow? No. Father, a little bit exasperated, don't you worry about any of those things? No, said the boy, that's your job. <laughs> that's your job. You're the father. That's your job. That's what Jesus is saying here. We have a father. That's his job. Are you in danger of doing his job for him? Probably not as well as he is able to do it himself. And so we're called to live in this dependent relationship. Now, how might we foster that? Well, number one, receive every job as a gift. 
Remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. Have you ever noticed that moaning is a part of our culture? If you ask someone about their job, I guarantee you they will moan. Almost. Entirely. It's a drain. It's a drudge. The people are awful. My boss makes Satan look like a cuddly teddy bear. I'm misunderstood. I'm not valued. Uh, This, that, and the other. Now, I'm not trying to diminish at all what some of the struggles might be where you are employed or where you work. But what if your job is a gift from your Heavenly Father? What if the very fact that you have a job the very reality that there is a payslip, that there is an element of certainty that there will be fresh bread for tomorrow, how does that change our attitudes? There is one thing exponentially worse than not having your job, and that's not having a job at all. To get up in the morning and to not know. Not to have a payslip, not to have a benefit, not to have a provision, not to have a gift. And so the launch pad into which we begin each and every day, the drumbeat of our commute, the first thing on our lips as we think about the jobs is that this is a gift, the ability to work. The ability to offer something and receive something in return is a gift from God. The second way that we cultivate our dependence upon God is to recognize the miracle. Every month, the Tesco lorry comes to our home and we unload our monthly shop. It's easy to lose sight of the miracle. Not the miracle that the lorry has found us or even that some of what we have ordered is actually on that lorry. Lemon juice. We've substituted that for lemon fragranced bathroom cleaner. It'll go lovely on our fish, that will. Or someone else who's listening in a normal family, normal house, received 52 tins of tomatoes. So the person pushing the trolley around in the shop goes, one bag of pasta, a few pints of milk, 52 Tins of tomatoes, <laughs> butter, bread, maybe five, maybe two, no, 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 52 tins. But that's not the real miracle, is it? The real miracle is behind all of that stuff. A miracle happened when a seed went into the ground and some wheat grew or some corn grew or some rapeseed grew. Uh, Walking around the countryside of this town at this time of year is absolutely fantastic because the fields are ablaze with what's grown. And if you walk those routes regularly, you will know that one day you go and there's nothing there. And before you know it, a couple of days, a week or so, and suddenly it's shot up out of the ground. That is a miracle, isn't it? That a tiny seed can produce and sustain those plants that in turn can produce and sustain our Lives recognize the miracle of the daily bread. It's an amazing thing. 
And then perhaps in the midst of your day, when you're starving hungry, ready for your meal, or another point, that daily rhythm of giving thanks, of saying the grace at the meal, that can so often be the, 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 just the thing. We can so often babble like pagans, can't we, at the grace time? And yet that pausing to say everything on this table, all the people around this table, everything, even the table itself, is God's good gift to you and to me. Grace at the meal table. Now normally, and it's probably about time that I ended as well, normally the sermons end there when someone preaches about daily bread. Normally that's it. But I think it almost misses the point. Everything I've just said is totally true. And everything that I've just said is clearly part of what it means when Jesus says, live asking God every day for what you need. But remember what came just before. Jesus said, live your kingdom come, your will be done. And then he said, pray for what you need. What did Jesus have in mind? I suggest Jesus didn't so much have in mind our ordinary needs, but he had some other type of need, which I'm going to call our opportune needs. We depend on God for our opportune needs because we are called to make the opportunity in every moment to see God's kingdom break in and break through. What are the opportune needs that you mean for God, that you need for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done today, tomorrow? Be very careful then, Paul says, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. So what do you need for the kingdom to break through? What do you need for the kingdom breakthrough that you are seeking? You see, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time worrying about food. He didn't bother with a house. And he only had one set of clothes. So to make praying for our daily bread all about those basic essentials kind of misses the point in terms of the way that Jesus lived. But he did make sure that he had everything he needed for kingdom breakthrough. If it was faith, he made sure he had it. If it was a word in season, he made sure he had it. If it was stopping by the right person, he made sure he was alert and ready to stop by the right person. Zacchaeus up the tree or the woman at the well or whatever it might be. Boldness, patience, whatever he needed, Jesus had it. What do you need for the kingdom breakthrough you are seeking? Maybe you need some faith. Maybe you need some courage. Maybe you need some perseverance. Maybe you need some renewed energy. Maybe you need a new insight as to how to love and care for somebody. You see, when we're we're seeking passports this week, we needed some faith. There were times in Ruth's story when she needed patience and perseverance, when she needed vision, when she needed a greater capacity to love. Those were the things that she needed. And God says, your kingdom, pray, live, your kingdom come, and then I will give you what you need. So what do you need today as you seek God's kingdom breakthrough? Jesus effectively said, seek first his kingdom 
And all the ordinary stuff will look after itself and pray that God will give you each day what you need. And I love that the church, the early church, really understood that. They'd taken a right whipping for healing a man. And the leaders of the church were being persecuted. And the church gathered back together to pray. And we might imagine what they ought to have considered to have been their daily bread. We need a few quiet nights. We need the authorities to get off our backs. We need to be kept safe and secure. No, what they prayed for was what they knew that they needed. And what they knew they needed was in line with what they understood about what God's kingdom was doing. And so they prayed, give us boldness to keep going, to keep speaking, to persevere and stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders as well. That's what they considered to be their daily need, their daily bread. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And give us what we need. Our provision, my provision, can so often have my own safety and security at its heart. And yet Jesus says your daily bread comes when you're seeking the kingdom. And so, not surprisingly, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. God answered their prayers in a remarkable way. And then lastly, there is a, an overwhelming need that we have. We depend on God for a need that's even deeper, deeper than physical things and deeper than emotional things. We depend on God for something so deep, Jesus put it like this, that, that human beings don't, don't live just on bread, on the physical, the temporal stuff, but something richer and deeper. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on everything Every word that comes from the mouth of God. And our deepest need is to hear him speak. And when Jesus came, he said, I am the word from heaven. When we hear God speak, it brings us into his presence. And our deepest need today is to hear his whisper and to be in his presence. So let's pray. Give us, Lord, today our daily bread. Give us what we need today, we pray.